The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. The father of the barn and the holy toast. Hello and welcome to Fofop, our guest. Charlie Clawson this week is Peter Hallier. First time, Charlie. First time, Charlie. Thank you for having me, and uh, no, great to be here. Finally, in uh, and this is the first one we've recorded in the um, in the Tofop Cave. It is. I'm uh, I'm I'm impressed. Um, it's it's nice. It's 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 got a you know the, the odor is not bad actually. You know, you know sometimes you know in, the, in caves it can get a bit damp, uh, damp, a bit moist, a bit moist. Yeah, no, it's it, it's all good. There's some. Uh, Am I allowed to talk about the artwork? You can talk about whatever, man. This is the first time. Like this is sometimes well, I'm not sure if you wanted to create the illusion that we were in an actual cave, right? Or because uh, I would love the idea that we were in an actual <laughs> cave. Can we actually give that illusion, but still tell? Yeah. So in the cave, in yeah. the cave that is dewy and moist, and uh, you might. I'm not sure if the the market is picking up the dripping. Uh, into the, 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 the rock puddles right. uh, around. The secret entrance. The secret entrance. That we had to, that we had to swing through <laughs> on ropes. <laughs> Which is weird because we can actually also access, access this cave uh, through my study by playing <laughs> right. the piano, but I may just swing through the difficult way today. When you asked me to come over, if you had have mentioned it, it would be abseiling. That would have been right. handy. I would have worn different pants. Right. Um, but yeah, <laughs> you've got some Beastie Boys, you've got some Fear and Loathing Las Vegas, and it's it's... Almost James Fosdyke's tribute to you, but right. in, in almost in, a, in return, your tribute to James Fosdyke by having such, so much James Fosdyke around us. Um, yes, we have, like this is the first time in the studio. Now, this used to be, this basically was just like a spare room. Right. The bit that we're sitting in here now was a spare room off my office, which yep. is next door there. It was a soundproof room, um, and it ended like about where you're sitting. Right. Right. And basically... Wow. Uh, when, when I first moved in, I was like, oh, that'll be cool. I'll like record things in this soundproof room. And then the only thing that ever happened in that soundproof room was I would have parties and people would come out here to fuck. <laughs> and those people would not be me. They would be friends of mine who would come out and go, where's the best place for us to have a discreet room in the soundproof room? So I might have my wires crossed. Isn't that what we're doing now? So- right. <laughs> oh, hey. I, I have an abseiled here for nothing. <laughs> you didn't think that was abseiling equipment. You thought it was good equipment. <laughs> But literally, it had like those um, soundproof walls that at some stage, because it's a bit echo in here, I imagine, but at some stage, I'm going to try to soundproof this up a bit. Mm. Um, and But it used to have those like proper, you know, the, the, the kind of foam soundproofing all over the walls. And so what would happen is that when the people would fuck against the walls, <laughs> it would leave their shape in the wall. And you could literally identify who had been fucking in there by doing like a plaster cast and just <laughs> going around and matching it to people's asses. That is, yeah. You, know, you had the Hollywood stars on the uh, on the boulevard there, yeah. and now the Australian version. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. all my friends ask jokes. The rooting in my office a hall of fame. Do we have to wait to turn off the microphones to discuss who did? Who, who, is there like a particularly famous fucker who? 
obviously came out to hear, hear the fact. Like, is Gary Sweet been here? Right. <laughs> My God, how good would that be? <laughs> See, he wouldn't have minded abseiling down. <laughs> no, all, all, all his police rescue <laughs> training would have come in very handy. Plenty of would so sweaty would have been way up for that. <laughs> Him and Bisley. Just... <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, no, I don't think anyone famous, some people that right. you would know, but uh, including one, and I, I won't name names mm-hmm. here, but uh, including one who picked up uh, one of my other friends from a, a, like separate friendships. Right. You know? Yes, yes. So I was one of those ones. And right. uh, he took her home. Uh, After, like, came here for yeah. a, a secret fucking and then... Then went, let's go and have some more public fucking. <laughs> and here's the thing. You can understand why they were so discreet here because he lived with his parents. So he took her home Ooh. like a one-nighter Wow! to the parents. Wow, that is moving quick. Uh, like, that's pretty... <laughs> that's... Did he... And where did the relationship go? Did it... Nowhere. Nowhere. It was well, just... Really? Well, here's my favourite bit of the thing is that she, while naked, uh, got disorientated oh. in the house and walked into the parents' bedroom instead of his bedroom. Oh, and gave his dad a hand job. I hope yeah. that's how. <laughs> I really hope that's how it ended. Yes, it had a, it had a happy ending <laughs> for the dad, but not for the son. So there you go. Okay, I, yeah. I I will concentrate on doing the rest of the podcast, but I cannot wait until you tell me who that person that person is. is yeah, was. you will be like, "Here's to you, Mrs. Robinson." <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I um, uh, I think that's a really brave move. Did you ever live with your parents when you were like yeah. a, a young man, like a yeah? Like a I, well, man? I I really one thing I kind of. Re- Two things I not regret, but I never went to university. I travelled. Um, I was going out with a next. Hang on, well, t- tell us about the university thing. Did you want to go to university? Or? I applied for a professional writing course, which I did not get into, mm-hmm. and that was really the only thing I would have done if I if I if I was accepted, and I didn't I didn't get accepted. So I um, I was going out with a. a the first six months of year 12, I was going out with uh, an exchange student next door who was a Finnish girl, and she went home in around June, and it was all very heartbreaking. And I said to her, you know, like, I will I will come to Finland, yeah. and I... will come for you. I will, I will, will you wait for me? I will come for you. She yeah. went, oh, wait. It was all very distressing <laughs> and heartbreaking. And then about two months later, I got a letter. This is, you know, email wasn't really kicking yeah. off, hadn't, or hadn't kicked off. I got a letter. Like, it was one of those, back in those, like, the last... Probably about the last year where people were standing by letterboxes, right. you know, and I was like, each day I knew that the postman would come at one o'clock and I was there waiting. Oh my and I got God. a letter like this in a August. Story. I got a letter in August saying, um, I've moved on. Right. But I would still like you to come to Finland. I would like you to do that because, you know, we still want to be friends. And, right. And I was like, but that's oh, a long way to go for a friend. It is. It is. Yeah. When people talk about long distance relationships, yeah. you know, Melbourne has a relationship. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's, I think I win. So I, I thought, well, I'll still go because once, once I go over there right. and she sees me, yeah. it's going to, you know, rekindle right. those old emotions. How could she resist? How she right. resist? So I finished year 12. I had to uh, get some money up and going. I worked for six months down the docks. I call it my Bon Jovi period. You worked at the docks? Yeah. Are you yeah. serious? I was, I was like Tommy. Yeah. I was packing containers of ice sugar, icing sugar into, you know, um, 
well, containers, and, and uh, it was... You, yeah. you may have well been, uh, not on purpose, but involved in the illegal drug trade. <laughs> I would have thought that icing sugar's your perfect... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> in the early days of... You might you might actually get cast in one of the next Underbelly series. <laughs> you could play yourself. <laughs> they, they, are, they are running short on some ideas. Yeah. Could, <laughs> I could end up... Me and Gary Sweet, yep. and um, no, yes, I, I, uh, I, I raised, you know, like it was, it was, it was really good money. Like you'd pack three containers a day, it would take a few hours. Was it hard? It was hard. Over? It was hard. So much. I had a mate who was playing for like the Northern Knights, which is like an under eighteen. He was like captain of the Northern Knights or vice captain, and he was, I think, even on on the AFL list right. at the time. And he came down. He did one morning, and that's too hard. And uh, it kind of shocked me. I think he was just a bit soft, but I, um, he never went on to play before. Yeah, too soft. That, that might have, too that soft might, that might have Maybe if the recruiters were down at the docks uh, yeah. checking out his form there, he, they, would, they would have known. But um, it, it was hard, but it was it was good. You know, we got paid well, and, and it was early morning. You were home by like 11. It was great. So eventually went over, and um, she... You know, she didn't have those old feelings. Right. Those old feelings didn't come back, Will. No. <laughs> no, no. She wasn't wooed by your six she, months working on the docks? No, no. <laughs> Gina was not impressed with Tommy. <laughs> so it was... Um, uh, so hang on, so you're, you're there and she just wasn't... She was like polite. Yeah. And it was... It was, um, it was awkward because she was still seeing that guy. Oh, right. And, you know, I did that thing where I just kind of, you know... You know, I was smart enough not to kind of just go, oh, he's a, he's a fucking idiot. But I'll, I would joke about him constantly right. in, a, in a disparaging fashion. Um, and what, it came to a bit of a head because we always spoke about um, this thing called Midsummer in, uh, in Finland where they all go to their summer houses over a long weekend and they you know, do the, the, spa, the, the sauna thing. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and... and We'd spoken about that a lot in in Australia, so she was always like, "Oh, when you come over, we can do that, and it'd be great." So that weekend came, and um, <laughs> I, you know, got got my stuff packed, and she kind of came home from work, and uh, she saw my stuff packed. She goes, "Oh, what are you, what are you doing?" I said, oh, "Well, aren't we going away to the, the cottage?" And she's like, "Oh, no, I didn't think you'd want to come because you know my yeah you know, my boyfriend is going, and and like and all of her, and I'd met her boyfriend, you yeah, know, like and." And all of her friends were going. So it's not, it's not like it was just them two and me. Right. <laughs> I would have understood that. Yeah. And I was like, oh. that's the world's most weird romantic comedy. Yeah. <laughs> 500 yeah. Days of Midsummer. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of, I was there and um, we kind of had the, you know, the, the first like, real screaming match where, she, she, you know, it got, it got to the point, you know, this kept on, you know, words got heated and heated and heated. And then she said, you know, she says, like, have some dignity. Oh, and I was just like, fuck you. I have come from fucking Australia. Just, I oh, fuck, you cannot say, you cannot say that. Fuck right. off. But at the same time, if you look at the evidence, uh, <laughs> she was with another guy and you'd flown from another country and wanted to go on a romantic well, weekend no, with them. But so have some dignity. <laughs> Some at the same time, I did give her plenty of opportunity <laughs> to say, "Listen, I said, right. like, if you don't want me to come, yeah. like seriously, I won't, I won't come." Yeah. Said, no, 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 I really want you to come. So there's yeah. a lot, all that kind of yeah. in the background. You know, <laughs> so she went. I said, "No, hang on, you know." And it was one of those things where everyone got out of town. So I was in this small town in you know in in, in Finland, uh, kind of a suburb more than a small town, and um, and everyone had uh, gone. So her brother, she she goes, and her brother gets home. 
uh, who's her older brother, and they said, oh, yeah, where's Rhea? And um, I was like, oh, she's gone. She said, what? I thought you were going. <laughs> so did I. And, uh, and he goes, yeah, she's a fucking bitch. And we got really crazy. She just made some phone calls. He took me away with his mates. Nice. To his cottage. And we had like, you know, like three hours later, I was in, in this sauna in, in, in northern Finland with um, these three naked guy fins that I just met, <laughs> you know, whacking each other with birch leaves and then running out into the ocean. You know? like Am was... I going to have to call this episode Brokeback Mountain? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just could not quit him. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, it was anyway. So like, leading into that, I was living at home. Then when I got back, I I, I lived at home again, and and um, and then I only really moved out for like a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived in Kew um, in in Melbourne and with my sister, and because I never really had that uni kind of share house kind of experience, right. which you know seems to generate a lot of comedy. But I, I, <laughs> yeah, right. I, I do kind of. Um, I do kind of I, so when I was living with my sister I just, it made no sense to me it made no sense paying somebody rent did right. not understand it like really kind of it did not click in my head like the way it does with some people so I moved back home after a year and just saved and I bought a house in Collingwood with a mate and then you know not long after that I, you know, I was with my now wife So, so you didn't take anyone home to the parents then? No, but no, no, the only, no. The like only, you didn't have to sneak someone no, in? No, never, never really snuck. You didn't have a Rita Hayworth poster on your wall with a tunnel? No, there, there were girls who kind of were there as part, you know, like as part of a relationship and right. like, never, never took a one night stand, no. stand home. Um, I'm not, no, I think, I think really mum would have been okay with it. I think mum would have been kind of proud. You know, <laughs> mum made me like mum. Mum's a funny woman. She she like made me a fake ID. What do you mean? She like, did you want to say fake ID? <laughs> <laughs> well, she was always worried that I would go out and because I started going out when I was fifteen. I went to the, right. my first pub when I was fifteen, the Prince Patrick Hotel, an Irish pub, um, and my but, brother took me. Well, the other thing is, I don't think that's a particularly unusual story. No. Like, I mean, I know that, I mean, I, maybe I wasn't 15, but I know that, like, you know, we were going to the pub in sale, at least when I was 16. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know. Yeah, and I reckon now, I mean, I imagine, yeah, my, my oldest boy's 10. I imagine, you know, it's not that far away. It's going to come really quickly where he goes, you know, I want to, you know, have a beer. Or, yeah. you know, my, my eight-year-old is already, like, jokes about having a beer, but I can, he's going to be a pisshead. Like, I know it, and I've got to look out, look out for it, you know. Like, I, I've even started, like, changing our behavior around it because I, he just like talks about beer like always asks you if you can have a beer like it's more, like one of those there is an ad on Australian television about yes. your kids learning your behaviors <laughs> and I, that was one of the things I was really looking forward to doing like getting my kids to fetch me beer that, yeah. was, <laughs> that was one of the that was one of the glories of, uh, of being a, becoming a parent right. oh, we can get kids to get us drinks yeah because... I mean for ages you have to get them shit <laughs> yeah, there exactly. should be a period where they fetch you shit well exactly I mean it's that thing you know where you end up I think drinking more when you have kids and it's weird because yeah. the drinking led to kids in the first place right. so it's a circle of life yeah. but, <laughs> and, and it, it's, it's weird because yeah I mean and then I saw that ad I thought oh okay we, we shouldn't do that and it was kind of before we we set that as a but thing yeah, but also at the same time what what you know to be true well certainly what I know to be true because my dad doesn't drink never had to drink right. in his entire life and never tried it and like my mum 
uh, drank, you know, when she was younger, and then she wouldn't drink much, be- you know, when we were kids because Dad doesn't drink. Right. And then, you know, when we became, like, sort of teenagers and we wanted to have a drink, she might have, like, a drink with us or something yeah. like that because yeah. she liked it. But, you know, like, I drink heaps, and yeah. my dad didn't drink at all, so... Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you, you might you might have a, a bunch of kids who don't drink at all. Yeah. I, In fact, you should get blind you know what? on the couch. <laughs> it's get, my- get a bucket box. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's made, like, this is kind of the same subject, but it's, it's like, it, this all this area, like, I've got 10, 8, and 4 of the ages of my kids, and, like... I thought I still had plenty of years before I had to deal with all that kind of teenage yeah. stuff, but it is coming up quickly. And my eight-year-old recently, he he had a um, uh, he had a tea bag and was like what jingling it oh. over. <laughs> but he was jingling it over like he was yeah you know, he, he was in his pajamas, but he was yep. dangling it over his you know his hair his, his oh. groin and all saying, right. "Look, Dad, I'm tea bagging a tea bag." What? Eight years old? No way! I, I reckon I learned what tea bagging was maybe. Six months ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, like, I was... And I couldn't... There, I haven't even addressed is, it with him. Is there a chance that he knew about it before you did? <laughs> That's actually... Now that I think of it, he taught me. No, but it's like, where... How did... When did, this, when did this happen? And it's weird. So I kind of thought, well, what do I... What do I do? I didn't know whether I should go, hang on. Come on. Where did you... Because you can make it worse by... Well, exactly. So it's not when they, if they swear... There's a thing where you kind of go, well, do you let it slide and just don't make a thing of it? Or do you kind of say, you know, if they swear too much, you, eventually you're going to say no. Yeah. But if they just, you know, let one sleep, you kind of go, well, it's because they, nothing happened. If, if you it, make it naughty, they want to do it. They want it exactly right. right. Yeah. So I wasn't sure what to do. And I thought, you know, well, maybe, you know, the old, you can't really do the whole smoking, make, make them smoke 50 cigarettes. You know, you got a tea bag. You got to tea bag your brother 50 right. times. 50 times. <laughs> Well, you're going to be teabagged by your probably <laughs> One's probably more likely to put... Uh, both will lead to issues that you don't need to deal with. It's not like one of those things where you want to sit them down and go, okay, you know teabagging. What else do you know? Like, you do, you know do, do you know what the Jenny Sanchez is? Yeah. <laughs> you can't talk about teabagging before you talk. Surely the, the sex talk is the first thing. Right. And then you then you go to teabag. Then the add-ons. <laughs> then the add-ons. Then the added extras. You've got to use... You've got to learn to use how to tweet before you can use emoticons. You, know? like, you can't just skip straight there. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. I, and... Uh, do you guys talk about that a lot about how you will deal with it and how soon you will deal with yeah, it? Yeah, I'm because I am fascinated by that. I think that's the thing that terrifies me most about um, having uh, kids mm. is that idea of that things are changing, and I'm sure every generation feels like this. But yeah. things are changing so quickly. Like, and I, this is a topic I've brought up a lot on this podcast before. But I remember at age. 15 or 16 when I first saw a naked woman was about the first time I'd actually seen a naked woman. Right, yeah. Whereas like these days, eight-year-olds know what teabag is. <laughs> well, exa- exactly. And it is, you know, the internet's a, it's, it's a weird issue and, and, and uh, it wasn't like we, when we wanted porn, we had to, you know, find it on the local golf course. Right. Know? <laughs> you know, like... Railway tracks. <laughs> railway tracks. Always on railway tracks. <laughs> yeah, well, we- For whatever reason... <laughs> We'll have to get Dr. Carl into this one, but porn is always attracted to railway tracks. <laughs> yeah, well, we had a golf course. 
Uh, the, it was like a really, I think it was even like a six hole golf course. Right. It was at the uh, the Philip Institute of But they Technology. made up, the other holes were made up by the skateboard. <laughs> well, it was like, you would seriously go there and you're almost like kicking, like, your, your, your ball would be a lie. Right. Your ball would be on a bit of porn. That was a drop. You had to drop. <laughs> Chicken in the rule book. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a legal drop. Yeah. Uh, out my of a ball That's is. <laughs> So it was, it was, it was, you know, it was funny. I still remember guys in Obviously, the coming over. Was there, to our... was there a young Tiger Woods play? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what the cocktail waitresses were on the, on the, on the third <laughs> hole. But I, I, I still remember, like, you know, I'm not sure if you had the same thing where, like, the, the, the local milk bar, like, they would have the videos on, and then they'd have a stash under, under the counter where, right. you know, if, if and I, I remember, I never went up and asked for it, but my, my, um, my mates. He lived across the road, his older brother would. And I remember one day, mum worked, you know, mum got home about 5, 5.30, and we had like, they found it, you know, they hired a porno, and they came over to our house, and like, word just spread, and there was like, all of a sudden there was like a dozen yeah. kids there, guys, you know, and just watching this porno, the first one I'd ever seen, and it was, it was, you know, I remember lying, we had a, like a table tennis table set up in that back room. Right. I remember lying on the table tennis table and this, having the move position going, this feels kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, I'm sure there were kids there that weren't even from our street or that I didn't even know. They were just like, word had spread. Like people coming in, knocking on the door halfway through, knocking on windows, peering through the windows. It was like uh, Project X. <laughs> yes, yes. Project Triple X. <laughs> But it was um, it was it was something about that kind of you know um, I don't know like you had to really kind of find it was a decision to watch or find porn where now it seems to be available to them and and, and you know you can you can get it without even really looking for it right and I I I kind of I would worry as a parent about that because I feel like that's one of the more damaging things even more than like I mean yeah. obviously you're going to worry about alcohol and drugs and stuff like that of course yeah. you are but to me like you know particularly boys you want them to be like I imagine anyway yeah like knowing you and, and I imagine that you would like your boys to be yeah great lads to be good guy guys yeah but to be respectful to women and you know not what, be I, like that's the thing that we I, I, we, I think we try to get because it's hard to kind of go, it's hard to tackle everything. Right. You know, it's hard to kind of go, okay, we're going to teach you about everything now, you know, and don't do this and do this and don't do this. So the thing that I try to concentrate on is be respectful to women. Because I think if they're respectful to women... A lot of the other stuff sorts take itself, care itself out. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. So there's a lesson. I do, uh, I yeah. do, but I do think that's absolutely mm. true. Like, I hear guys sometimes talk about women. Yeah. Like, and don't get me wrong. Like, I mean, we've all, you know... Yeah, yeah. ...made silly jokes or yeah, told yeah, stories yeah. or, like, you know, I don't think there's... You know, but sometimes you hear guys, the way they talk about women, and you're like, how would you ever love a woman when you hate them so much? Yeah. Like, you know, and I, I would hate to raise someone or be around someone who, you know... Well, how do you have a conversation with these people? Because women generally get brought up, not even in, in a you know storytelling. Hey, yeah. you know, um, forget about relationships or anything like that. But just you know, you talk about politics, you talk about society. Women are going to part of that discussion. So how could you, you know, have those attitudes towards women and be able to hold a conversation in any kind of meaningful, interesting way? Right. You know, but I don't think or they... entertaining way or funny way and be like that. Right. 
And yet, so many people seem to have that attitude. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's bizarre. So yeah, that's that's kind of what I I decided quite a, a long time ago that I, I think if they're respectful to it, and because they've got th- they've, yeah, they've got three boys, so they yeah. don't have a sister. Yeah. Um. You know. So yeah. Hopefully that works out okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I yeah. find that very interesting. But I do find with the the the, the, the internet thing, I, I'm hoping that. I'm praying that we've kind of come through, that my boys are kind of coming through at a time when we know a bit more than we did like maybe 10 years ago, right. like the whole cyberbullying and that like, that we can warn them and this really drill into their heads, you know, you cannot be talking to people on the internet, you know, if you don't know, even with your friends, you know, like, you got to make sure it's them and, and, and we're very careful, like basically, you know, they... They call their friends on the phone and say, "Let's, you know, let's play Minecraft together on the on the computer." And before they kind of engage, you know, like you can't, you can't, you know. And, and we had one time when Aiden kind of said, "Oh, just, you know, we'll play Minecraft with this with this guy. He's, you know, he's he's really nice, you know." And, and I was just like, "What?" And he got into a fuck out of trouble. <laughs> you know, it was bad. And like, you know, there was nothing, you know, I went and checked it, there's nothing kind of sinister was happening, but, um, but you don't want to like, even no, like, that's just, that's opening the door there, you know, my God, I was uh, watching this news program the other night and, uh, it was about, um, you know, the Australian sort of sex crimes, uh, you know, people yeah. and they were investigating. So they were basically pretending to be, you know, a kid talking to this guy who was going to, you know, make right. them up, and so uh, it was the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the the thing about it was that, firstly, man, like I'm not sure that they should show Australian like real reality crime shows because it gives you no confidence, right? Do you know what I mean like because you know you see American cop shows, like I mean even like reality ones, but like particularly the dramas and stuff, and it seems like they all know what they're doing, and they all like like crack agents, <laughs> and they're all dressed in like in the Australian one. There's like one guy in a suit. Two guys in tracksuit pants, some woman who I'm not sure if she's serving the tea or if she's actually working in the crime lab. You're like, this is the crack team? This is our spooks division? Right. I, mean, I do reckon TV and movies have given us an unrealistic depiction of what sometimes, even even with the American um, law enforcement's like. Right. Like, I was quite fascinated with Zero Dark Thirty, and I'm not sure how realistic it was, but like, you would think... There and I, you know, and this is I'm sure is one little story um, amongst many stories I'm sure that they, they could have told about you know a team trying to capture Osama bin Laden. But it seemed like the impression I got from that movie was that they were under resourced and, and that, you know they had the, that it was trouble getting the final permission to kind of go in and we even though they think, and you gotta think surely surely they because you, you think we've lived for a decade thinking they had you know everyone yeah. in, in the FBI or the CIA was looking for Osama Bin Laden yeah. you know. every day even if you were doing another job you, yeah. just, you just took a quick look in the morning yeah exactly yeah. hanging out the washing just yeah. a quick look around no, no. Osama no. yeah okay right. hang out the washing yeah. it's good drying weather let's right. get this done <laughs> You know, but it, get yeah. up in the morning, look for the remote, check under the couch. No, 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 no. but we're still looking. We're vigilant. <laughs> it is weird though. But so in that situation, because I think in America, I know they've had a lot of trouble, and they've had to actually say this a few times that, like, uh, you know, that CSI mm. is just made up. Yeah, like you know, yeah. because people go to court cases and go, "Well, where's your, you know, yeah. didn't you put all the close camera angles and yeah. the weird spinny things and <laughs> sort this out?" The sperm torches, come yeah. on, yeah. Um, it is, it, I mean, it's, it's funny, I, I'm not sure how you felt about the Boston Marathon thing, I mean, this, you know, you, you're kind of following. Well, I was, obviously, I was anti the bombing. <laughs> oh, 
Is that, is that what you were? I was, I, I'd heard rumours. I'd heard rumours and um, yeah. I wanted to check that out suddenly. Yeah. Uh, okay, we've got Ackley. Next yeah. subject. That's Will, um, Ki- that's Will Kiter. That's a completely... <laughs> oh, yeah. there's next year's show. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was weird following that last moment, you know, when the, when the, when the uh, guy was in the boat. Right. Like on Twitter. Like following... Right, live. Like live. It, it was being live tweeted. Yeah. yeah. And you've got to surely... Like in the end, the guy, you know, <laughs> couldn't even fucking kill himself probably, you know. Right. Um, and he was, you know, probably wasn't posing the, the threat that maybe we thought he was. But I mean, he could... He, we didn't know that at the time. Like, you know, like surely tweeting... You know, right. movements from the FBI is not, right. it's not, not a helpful. good thing. It, it's great. It's, it's kind I of... mean, more for that guy that he wasn't on Twitter. <laughs> or, or he would have known. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if he was following the right people on Twitter, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he would have been able to evade his capture. There you go, future terrorists, yeah. uh, take note. Yeah. Um, get online. Yeah. But I, no, I mean, but with that said, I'm also, I, I get really intrigued when there is like a manhunt to go to see the, the, how the police put the put it together. And you kind of go, well, that was pretty impressive. Right. You know. Well, it, it, you wouldn't have thought that if you watched uh, this Australian reality show. <laughs> right. I mean, they did catch the guy. So, yeah. like, I mean, I think, yeah. you know, kudos. effectiveness, yeah. kudos yeah. to them. Yeah. Didn't seem like he was a master criminal, to be honest. <laughs> um, but my favourite thing about it, well, not my favourite thing, but, like, the thing that struck me about it was just one of those moments where, you know when someone has a name and you're like, surely with that name you didn't choose this job. Like, I understand it's not your fault that you have a funny name, yeah. right? Yeah. But you do have some choice over what job you go into mm-hmm. based on the fact that you've had that same funny name all your life, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Sergeant Richard Long. <laughs> Literally the guy in charge of sex crimes. <laughs> the name was Sergeant Dick Long. <laughs> like, surely... That's great. Surely you'd change it or something once you went into the force. It was, it wasn't, isn't it kind of the transport minister here in Sydney? Duncan Gay. Duncan Gay. And he's, and he's the one who got rid of the... Rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for people who haven't followed this story, because we have some overseas listeners, or this it became a bit of an overseas story, uh, what happened was um, uh, for the Sydney game Mardi Gras, they had a rainbow crossing, mm. uh, Victoria Square, which is like, you know, the heart... Yeah. Of, you know, sort of, you know, gay Sydney, if you will. Yep. Like, at least, you know, the famous Oxford Street and all those sort of things were the Mardi Gras is. And so it became a bit of a tourist attraction and everybody loved it. As a, It was great. You it know, was beautiful. I think any time you can put colour into a city, you know, right. do it. You know, and it was, it was, it was, it was a, basically, a, it was a, the size of a zebra crossing. You right. Know? It, was a, it was a colourful, like, yeah. you know... Zebra crossings weren't angry about it. They no, were like, no. it's coming in, taking our gear. <laughs> no, they were fine. Yeah. Um, but in the middle of the night, they got rid of it. Oh, it was in the middle of the night. Right. They came in in the middle of the night and they got rid of it. So um, this guy from Sydney um, started doing this little underground campaign where they would get people to um, chalk their own rainbows. Right? right. And so it started springing up all over Sydney. People would be sending in photos of this Facebook uh, a right. DIY rainbow if people want to Google it. That's great. Uh, basically, it caught on on the internet and it's, they've had them from all over the world that like, people have been chalking these rainbows and sending them in as a kind of That's protest right. against them getting rid of the rainbow crossing. But ironically, the, the name of the guy who got rid of it is Duncan Gay. <laughs> Duncan Gay. Now, why... He probably hates rainbows. Why? <laughs> if you grew up with, like, your name being Duncan Gay, yeah. you probably got given rainbows, teased about rainbows. I did see a, a clip. He probably um... got gay bashed. <laughs> Well, every time he got bashed, I guess. Yeah, every time. I remember seeing, uh, I think actually, 
I think I might have played it. I, I, I filled in for Husey on the project, yeah. and I played a clip of this guy saying, <laughs> "Oh, this this government's this anti-rainbow." <laughs> And I think he knew what he was saying. I think he was being, you know, he knew he was being amusing, yeah. but he was, yeah, an anti-rainbow government. Yeah. So what was their arguments? Why didn't they just say, you know, nobody's upset with this. Why not keep it? Did well, a lot of people um, said that. And uh, and that's why people got upset about it, was like, like why wouldn't you keep it? In fact, yeah. it was a... Their argument was that it was too much of a tourist attraction and that people were stopping you know, near it to get like you know their photos taken or going out on to get their photo taken and it was a traffic hazard. But the stats don't prove that to be true. Like if you looked at the, you know, they had been a little bit of attention there, but it had just been a couple of drunk people who'd been... But also, there. if they weren't... Also, you're in the heart of the drunkest place in Sydney. Like, yes. So. But also, if, 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 if people knew that they weren't going to get rid of it, they could be more leisurely in their, in their you know, want of getting a photograph. Right. To it, you know, like, if, if they're going to get rid of it in three days' time, we better go get a fucking photo now. So crowds are going to get their photos. It's, that's, that's bizarre. Yeah. Mm. It's a good point. They did create the demand yeah. that they then complained about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Two days only. <laughs> Hang on, there's people all over it getting their photos taken. This is ridiculous. Hey, Duncan, you fuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, uh, oh, anyway, no. Um, yeah. So what else has been going on with you, Peter Hellier? Well, I did the uh, Melbourne Comedy Festival. How was that? Uh, which was, it was great. I had a, a, a really fun time. This did the two weeks um, and after Adelaide. Did a week in Adelaide and then two weeks in Melbourne. And uh, it was fun. I kind of kept myself nice. I kind of, as in, I didn't really go out a lot. Yeah. And it was uh, it was quite rewarding. I spoke to a few comics who... Um, did a similar guy, the pajamas, one of the pajama men. Last night they said they had a pretty quiet festival. I spoke to David Doherty. He was saying that his uh, girlfriend, I think it's his girlfriend, I think it's his wife, uh, was in town and she, was, she wasn't feeling well. So they watched for a week, they watched like the Lifestyle Channel and he said it was great, <laughs> you know. And I, I, I was walking to the hi-fi bar on that last Saturday night and I thought, you know what, no, I'm not. I, I, there was an offer of a lift home for my uh, brother-in-law. I thought, I think I'm going to take that lift. And I was great. And I did end up doing... Because I, I, I did fan fiction the next day. Yep. Congratulations on another great season. That was a lot of fun. It's a fun show. Yeah, they're really... They're really... You know what's really lovely about it? They, for those who don't know, so there's a group of six or seven... It's a floating cast. It's a floating yeah. cast, yeah, yeah. Young New Zealand comics. And, they, and, they come and for me, the way that I like to tell people is, I think that, like, you know, you don't understand this, like, mm. in comedy you see the influences of the generation that went through before you, you know, yeah. like, so I know with that, yeah, when we came through, you would see the influences locally of people like Anthony Morgan and Greg Fleet yeah, yeah, and, yeah. you know, those people who were around on the scene and doing yeah. the work, but also, you know, more broadly, we came up in a generation where like, I guess people were getting into like Bill Hicks and Eddie Izzard yeah. and like, so yeah. you would see through various performers, depending on who they liked, you would yeah. see those influences come Absolutely. through. Absolutely, yeah. And um, I think these guys are the first generation of New Zealanders who didn't grow up with the old school New Zealand way of doing comedy, which was a very blokey, clubby sort of you right. know, thing. Yeah, they're the the, the they're the next generation after Flight of the Concords and Reese Darby. Yeah, so they've right, got yeah. that sort of you know, it's the the. I often say that the com- their comedy is almost like they play the notes in between the other notes. Right, okay. You know? yeah, 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 So yeah. you might even be talking about the same thing, but they're getting you to laugh at maybe something slightly different to yeah. where we'd choose the joke to be. I really like to watch it. Anyway, yeah. They're great. It, 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 was, it was kind of fun. And, and the reason I... Because I hadn't finished my story uh, writing, because you, you write like a four-minute story, fan fiction piece, and I hadn't finished it. And I, 
And I thought, I don't want to be hungover doing that because, you know, finishing it and performing. And then I, it's my last show and I, I did a Moosehead benefit. So I thought, no, I'm going to be... And it was such an amazing decision that I'm really still quite proud of. Um, Isn't but, it amazing how when you get older, <laughs> you can be so proud of yourself for days what? just because you didn't write yourself off? You know what? One of the things I'm, I'm learning and is that I, I would often go to these things because if I don't go... People are going to be disappointed, like, you know. <laughs> and if, I'm only just learning. If you don't go somewhere, like, if you don't rock up to a party, nobody gives a fuck. No one cares. No one cares. They just get on with their life. They, they, they might, you might get a phone call from somebody or a text message, hey, where are you? Yeah. Oh, soft. Or, and then they're going to keep drinking, get hung over, and forget that you, you, maybe they probably thought you were there the, right. next, the next day. So nobody cares. And it's taken me until I'm 37 years old with three kids to realise that. <laughs> Hey guys, but no, no one cares. Very few people, in fact, nobody, in fact, has said, what, 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 where were you on the Saturday night? Right. Nobody. I didn't go out Saturday or Sunday night, which are the two big parties of the festival. I've not had one person say, <laughs> where were you? Yeah. But the fa- it was funny doing fan fiction because I, I was actually genuinely sitting there feeling quite nervous because... Right. It's, it's a different, Do you get it's a nervous thing. for uh, your own gigs? At no, all? no. At the start of a season, not really nervous. But I, when you're doing new jokes, yeah, um, yes, a little bit, but not, but not particularly. Not, not. You know, I've been backstage with other comedians and you know uh, who are nervous performers beforehand, and, and no, nothing. I'm pretty relaxed, I think. Yeah, to an extent. Um, but this was like I was. And I'd only seen like the end of the show, like a few shows. I saw you the, the night before, and so I had an idea of how it went. And um, but it's just like with stand up, you kind of this 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 trick of kind of you know looking like it's all kind of done on the spot right. and made up. But this is like quite clearly something yeah. I prepared earlier. Yeah, I'm you know, reading that I, that I, that I'm reading it, so yeah. I prepared and I think it's funny. And you know, here we go. <laughs> and I was really sitting. I was sitting there, and Josie Long was on the same night as I was, and I was. I read my story second. When the one of the guys was reading theirs fan fiction, Josie just got up and went backstage. I think she's just getting a note or something or her phone, um, which I think maybe had notes on it. And she got up, and I part of me thought, she better fucking come back. If she doesn't come back <laughs> in two minutes, I'm fucking fucking off as You're well. Like, it felt like a roller coaster where I was like right at the end of so like, this. This is not a good idea. I should I should I should get off um, because I, I, a part of it was because I'd chosen. Uh, a thing and I, I I told you I kind of got your ear on it and, and you said no it's a good idea you should do it but I was I was worried about you know because I wasn't sure what the makeup of the crowd was I had this image in my head that everyone was going to be really young and not know who the fuck I was talking about but there's quite a diverse mixed crowd I think it's right. people who love you know I guess pop culture whether it's film you know uh, literature Right, the thing I always say to people about the show is you don't actually need to... Like, the way they do it... Yeah. It's about seeing how someone tells a story. Exactly, yeah. More often than it is about... Like, I mean, occasionally you might not get a reference or something. But I've sat there as they've done stories about Pokemon or fucking Snake on your fucks. Things that I just... Yeah. I don't understand any of this, but I'm enjoying myself. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I thought. I thought, well, if, if the story works in itself, it doesn't yeah. really matter that you haven't... And I'd only read half the book anyway, because I did the A There God It's Me, Margaret, yeah. um, Judy Bloom's uh, classic, yeah. um, which I only read half of, because it was more aimed at girls, and I read it after I read Tales of the Fourth Grade Nothing and Super Fudge. Yeah. Um, and then I thought, oh, I want to read more Judy Bloom, yeah. and th- that I read that one. Are you like, there, God? It's me, Margaret. Is that um, we must, we must, we must increase our buzz? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Especially about a girl getting a period. Yeah. So I got, a, I, got, I, got about, I got about 30 pages, and I thought, this 
this is not for me. I need some super fudge back in my life. Um, you so, might need to give it to the boys, though. Just yeah, as a, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know about the ladies. Yes, yes. You've got to respect women. You must read, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. At least, at least the first half. Yeah. In fact, read the second half and tell your dad how it ends. <laughs> then, then you can read some fan fiction I've written about it. Yeah. I'll, put it on, I'll put it on your iPod. Just listen to it uh, when you go to sleep. Uh, don't worry about Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Just listen to it. I can just catch bits of it as I come in to give you a kiss goodnight. Um, <laughs> but it was it was, it was was really fun. And like, so I, you know, my thing was that it was Margaret praying to God for the first time since... You know, she prayed yeah. when, you know, on her deathbed, basically. Right. And um, it was fun. It was it was a lot of fun, and they kind of got it, and they were really supportive, and um, that was lovely. So um, I, I'd happily do that again. But I, I did have that thing going, oh, before I read it, going, maybe I should have done Harry Potter, or maybe I should have done Star Wars. But I did, I, I considered that, but I thought anything I choose, I'm sure it's been so done before, would have been done before. Right. You know, I had this, that paranoia of well, the, the other thing that I've noticed about doing that show is, because I always used to do Batman stories. Right, like, yeah. Because yep. I am a fan of that and I would write Batman stories. Yeah. But I had to fill in a couple of times during the festival, including that last time that you saw me, because yeah, right, we had a guest yeah. drop out. And here's yeah. the great thing about being a producer of a show, Pete. Right. If you have a dress, <laughs> guest drop out on the day, you tend to do that. <laughs> Especially when there's preparation to be done. Like, right. You, know, you, need you can't to get story. someone at the last moment. Yeah. So on that day, that last day you saw me, I because I already had a, another show booked in that day. Right. So I've got the call late that our guests couldn't come. So I wrote the idea of the story before I went to the other show, and then I sat backstage during the fan fiction show and wrote the story that I. That's right. Did. When I rocked up, I thought, "Where's Will?" Because I thought you were doing it. You're yeah. backstage writing it. Yeah. I was backstage yeah, writing right. it yeah. in this room out the back that reeked of piss. That was my that that, that was my backstage because I was in that room. So I, I went on after fan fiction. Why did that room oh reek of piss so much, Peter? I started two weeks in so I did the last two weeks. And I I it was uh sharing a room with Idiots of Ants uh and Dave Thornton and uh Sarah uh um uh, Sarah Milligan? Milligan was on, yeah. Okay. So so one of them pisses themselves. Well, it's funny. Who pisses so this themselves? Is, this, is a, this is a scoot. This is a scoot. Are they the piss ants? Are they, are they <laughs> the idiots on piss ants? <laughs> no, no, I'm pretty sure it wasn't uh, the idiots. They they were... Well, this is this is, <laughs> this is what happened. Because I got there and there was, just, there was bottles everywhere. And, and they said, basically, once you're backstage, you can't... There's no way to get to the, to the bathroom. Oh, once, right. once the audience is there. Okay. Ready. So when they would say, okay, we're opening the doors, do you want to go over it? Actually, you know what? I, I did know that was the case because I tried to get out of there because it smelt so much of piss <laughs> and there was no way to get out other than right. through the stage. So you're right. So I would always, you know, like before they open the doors, just quickly go, even if I didn't need to, just, right. just go. Because you're trapped once you're back there. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, and it was weird because there's all these half bottles, like there's Corona bottles and after a while you're going to think, is that Corona? Not, not that you're going to drink it but yeah. you, 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 either way you, you probably shouldn't pick up a half yeah. warm bottle of Corona and have a <laughs> but after a week I, I just went we need it like, there's, no, there's no bin which didn't help so I right. said we need a bin can we get a bin back here and they, they brought a bin back and I was cleaning up bottles and, and, and all that and it was you know it improved it slightly but what happened was before I got there because Sarah went home I think early, uh, a few nights early she didn't do the last couple of shows yeah um, and I think Husey came in to do that's right do some extra shows um, That's true. I, in fact, I saw Husey in that room. Right. There you go. Interesting. So, Husey's... <laughs> so, so, I'm sure you won't mind me I'm sure you telling this story. So, Husey gets caught backstage. You know, right. like, uh, he needs, he needs, he needs yeah. a piss. So, um, and this is... 
Like, they kind of said, listen, if you get backstage, just, you just can't have to use a bottle. Like, well, you know, I mean, there was no other choice. There's no other choice. You know, you, you can't go on stage when you're busting for a piss. No, um, can't do it. So he, um, he had had a coffee. Uh, he, I think, finished a coffee. So he pissed into a coffee cup. Which right. Which is fine. Yeah, like, you know, right. like, it's fine. But and he, to be honest, if, if you're going to piss into something, a coffee cup, particularly well, you, if it has a lid. It's got a lid. Right? Yeah. It's not like an empty Corona bottle. Well, exactly. Like, maybe the lemon will take the edge off this. <laughs> it won't. The lemon does not take the edge off your urine. <laughs> so that was, you know, I say well played music, you know, yeah. that's fine. Right. No, that's the fine. mistake he made though. What? Which was? He left it. He didn't like put it strategically uh, anywhere. Of course he didn't. And then, so after the show, when some front of house staff are just there, kind of back there, uh, yeah. a, a young girl knocks it over. The, the coffee, oh, <laughs> the, the lemony no. coffee oh, <laughs> spills no. over her foot. So there's a little bit too much Husey for uh, wow. that young lady. But I, I, I ran into Husey a few days oh, later and God. I said, because I, 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 I said, I, mean, I heard about your... Um, I heard about your coffee, your backstage coffee. <laughs> nudge, nudge, wink, wink. And he was like, what are, you, what are you talking about? I said, oh, yeah, you, you did a piss in the coffee. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, oh, you don't know the next bit, do you? And he, he, oh <laughs> he didn't know. I thought, okay, this is, I'm, I'm going to enjoy telling you this. <laughs> I told him what happened. And his reaction was like, oh, why didn't they tell me? I could have used that in the bit. Like right. I, could have, I could have used that because apparently he chatted about the fact that he had to piss in the coffee. Oh yeah, of course he did. But he didn't have a tag. Right. <laughs> I said, "Well, there's there's a tag. There's a tag. Yeah, <laughs> real life." <laughs> Isn't it sad as a comedian where like even the most embarrassing situations, all you think is, "Oh no, that's a bit." Yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm happy with this. It's all, but it's always been the way. I mean, <laughs> you know. It's it's one of the sad things about being a comedian when and I probably do it less now I think but when like a disaster yeah I remember when we were doing elbow grease in the in the nineties like if when Princess Di kind of you know died it was like a race to get to that stage right. and, and um you know like any kind of but that was before Twitter yeah like yeah, you're right you know what? absolutely yeah. like I think these days like a part of the joy has gone from that. Like, yeah. you know, because in the old days, the only place you would hear those brand new jokes about any disaster or whatever yeah. was on stage at a comedy yeah. club, right? Yeah. Whereas these days, A, I think, you know, people have that opportunity on Twitter to respond to things immediately. Yeah. And B, because so many people do it now, it's not as much fun to do anymore. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I, I always wonder comedically if I'm a hypocrite because I certainly don't... There's lots of things I wouldn't do today that I did back in the day, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And... And, you know, you wonder two things with that. You go, am I getting soft? Right, Or yeah. am I, like, you know... But yeah. the thing is that I kind of... I get bored if everybody's doing something. Right. Part of the joy in the old days used to be that not everybody was... You know, comedians felt like it was a special place where you could go and hear those sort of jokes yes. early on. Whereas, like, when everyone's doing a mean-spirited joke about blah, 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 you're like... Well, I don't even really feel like, you know, doing a joke about this at all now. It's funny. I have a, a comedian friend who you know um, who will often... He's quite, you know, he's almost missed it too soon. You know, he'll... Adam Rosenberg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. Rosie would be happy for the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. And he, yeah, I think, I think he quite enjoys that moniker. Yeah. And um, he, very funny guy and great, great guy. And he will often, tank, like, he's, you know, some of his stuff on Twitter is, is like, 
you know, it can be quite wow. Okay, you, uh, you've, you've gone, you've gone early, you've gone hard. I've, I've said to him, like, and he knows this to be yeah. the case. I enjoy what he does on Twitter. Yeah, but I would not make a lot of those jokes. Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, well, he will text me sometimes yeah. the jokes that he thought would be even too harsh on Twitter. Oh my god! Like. Full on stuff, and I'm not sure that anyone should see those jokes. I, I, I seriously, <laughs> like, there are times where I just haven't been able to reply. I've right. just kind of gone, I can't, like, no, like, I'm, just, I'm actually this story. I feel like is, I'm maybe I'm in trouble with Sergeant Richard Long for even having this on my trail. <laughs> Dick Long, <laughs> Dick Long is, is on my trail. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, there are times where I've kind of gone, like, this story, it might be a new story, and like, okay, I go, it's kind of, I'm not, you know. And we're in different stages, you know, uh, you know, of our lives. You know, I've got three kids, and Adam's a you know, footloose and fancy free. And so I think I, I kind of go, oh, I just I can't. I, I feel that's an awful story, and I it's kind of really kind of got to me, and I can't I can't see the funny in it yet, you know. Like I don't, I I don't um, I don't go off. I don't send them to me. Like I don't. No, no, I'm happy because, I'm happy because it, you know it's what he does. And but know, also, here's the thing that people don't get is that. We can, and this is what I don't understand about this culture of complaint in which we live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that you can choose to consume what you choose to consume. Mm. If you want to find something that offends you, mm. I guarantee you there's something, if you look hard enough, that yeah. will offend you. Yeah. No you, matter who you are. You'll find something on Better Homes and Gardens. Right. Yeah, you know, exactly. If you want, if you want to. Right? Yeah. I didn't, there was a thing being flicked around the internet yesterday that I retweeted, like not out of any particular, just because someone asked to retweet mm. it, and there was a newspaper that had used the word tarred in a... Um, uh, like a description of a mm. children's thing, like, you know, because you, you're a tard. Right. Like, I find that quite offensive. You shouldn't, in a newspaper, in mm. a children's section, be using the word tard, I don't no. think. No. But at the same time, like, you know, it's not the end of the fucking world. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. And I will often read really graphic things or, like, you know, enjoy really dark jokes that I don't endorse or would not make myself. Yeah. Like, and are not my opinion yeah. on something. You Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I always think it's so weird that people seem to think that you have to kind of, like, you know, I mean, you, you're allowed to not like Rosie's jokes about those things. Absolutely. But it doesn't mean that he's not allowed to make them. Absolutely. And, and, <laughs> and you know, a joke is not an endorsement. You know, and, and laughing at a joke is not an endorsement. You know, like, you know, it's, it's just not, you know, like you can, you can say AIDS or... Or whatever, and not be kind of like, yeah, I'm pro AIDS. You know, I think we should spread more AIDS, and AIDS is great. You know, or, or well, I, I mean, I defend the right of context, yeah. and that's the thing that so often, like, you know, for example, if you go and see people do set lists, mm. like the topics they throw you on that show, mm. uh, you know, they will be about yeah. you know things like you know. Uh, rape or things like uh, you know uh, mental disability or yeah. you know diseases like AIDS and stuff like that. Yeah. But you know the context of the show is that you know people are you know as long as it's not mean spirited like all the yeah. ideas are mean spirited then you can say some words. Yeah. And that's why I'm always a bit worried about people taking things out of context from comedy because yeah. if it's in context and it doesn't work like I mean I think there is heaps of things you shouldn't joke about yeah. but my line's going to be different to you know to a lot of other people's lines. But do you feel that? Um, becoming a father has changed that for you? Yeah, I... Th- well, I mean, you've been a dad for a fair while now. Yeah, right? I, 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 I think so. But, I mean, I don't... Yeah, I mean, you kind of... You often... I, I think about it a bit, you know, like... Because I often will get reviews where they kind of say, you know, he just talks about, you know, the, the, the well-worn stuff that, you know, marriage and becoming a dad, you know, parenting and, and stuff. And you kind of go, oh, well, maybe should I be looking elsewhere and, and you kind of go well that's just my life and that's what I, where I'm at and, right and but, but, how, but the other thing is how well worn really is that topic 
Right, yeah. Because yeah. in stand-up, most of your... I mm. mean, Husey now yeah, does a bit of stuff yeah. about having kids, but, yeah. like, you know, most of your contemporaries still aren't doing that sort of material. So, yeah. is it really... Well, it's like, but I can't... If I pretend to be something else... Right. That's just not going to end well. Well, of course For not. me or the audience. Right. You know, so I, it's... <laughs> It, but I do, I, you know, I do think of you know, um, you know. I guess you, you think it's become older. Do you, you lose any edge that you have? Or and I'm not just talking about edge as far as edgy comedy, but even just you know, kind of being. Well, just that, that same thing as you were saying the other day about like there's two parts of me. Like you know, we both didn't go out on the final weekend of the comedy yeah. festival, right? Yeah. And I think we both feel good about that. Yeah. But at the same time, there's another part of me that goes, oh, is that sad? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah absolutely. like it's the last night yeah. of our biggest. It'd be like people not going down on the last night of the Olympics. Like you've trained all that time, <laughs> you've done all that work, and you're like, I'm not going to the closing ceremony. And you know it's going to be fun. It you know it's going to be. It's always It'll fun. be great fun. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, you know, was I really doing anything that important this week that I couldn't yeah. have really? I, I was actually, but, <laughs> but I guess that's the point. Like you, you always wonder, am yeah. I? You know? Yeah, and you can't... with music and stuff like that. You know, you worry like. Oh, do I only just like the music that I liked ten years ago now? Or and and, and am I just downloading stuff onto my iPod that just because I think you know that's kind of cool? Like you know, have I have I listened to Tame Impala since I've downloaded? It? <laughs> I'm not sure if I have. You should. It's yeah, no, no, I've listened to a bit of it. And yeah. it, 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 it is, is very it is good. Great. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, but you know, you, yeah, you kind of like, these are fleeting kind of thoughts, uh, I, I think, and and um, and in the end, uh, you know, I just. You just my view of comedy is especially festival shows. You just do an hour of the funniest thing you can, you know, the funniest stuff you can think of, and you know you try, you try to push things. And there was a nice review that I got where I said, yeah, he does, you know, talk about subjects that you know, you know, have been have been covered before, but he always takes it to a, nice, a really surprising way. Like it always ends in a surprising way, yeah. which is you know, which I guess is, is is what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Um although to be honest, um, you know, that's what M. Night Shyamalan tries to do as well. So. <laughs> oh M Night <laughs> What happened? What yeah, I heard recently that M. Night Shyamalan did not want the line I see dead people in the movie. Right. Like he had Well that doesn't be... surprise me because he showed no good taste in movies. Well it's the thing and it kind of it kind of explains everything. Yeah. You kinda of go, okay, so even your one triumph. Right. I, and I must say I did like his next film Unbreakable. Um but his biggest moment, you know, his, his best movie, The Sixth Sense, he almost fucked it for himself. Right. Like this, I think it was a studio had to say, No, you need the line yeah. in and he was like, No, 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 because he thought he gave it away. Completely gave it away the whole thing. You go, no, no, let's leave the iconic line in. Right. You know, let's leave one of the, you know, one of the classic, most famous lines in the movie in the, with the greatest twist ever. Um, let's leave that in. I do enjoy that about movies, though, when you hear uh, like that those iconic lines are, mm. you know, for example, you know, the the uh, Rob Reiner's mum in When Harry Met Sally, the orgasm, you know, I'll, yeah, have, yeah. I'll have what she's having, which was, again, not in the original, yeah. you know, script. So, like, there's... I always enjoy those sort of little moments. Are yeah. you, uh, movies-wise, have you seen anything that you liked recently? Because I always like to talk movies with you. Do you get yeah. to see, time to see things? Yeah, I do. I do. I, um, in, in fact, I'll probably check out Oblivion the, this afternoon. Um, but I saw Rust and Bone, which is, which is great, Marion Cotillard. And right. uh, this Belgium dude. It's from the guy who made The Prophet. Or A Prophet? 
I'm a prophet. Mm. Uh, a few years For, ago. It was from a guy who made a prophet. <laughs> which is Spielberg. That's who it was. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's why they let him make another film. Yeah, yeah, His yeah. last one made a prophet. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of how it works. Do you think that, that might be one of those things? If you make a movie called A Prophet, you can kind of fudge. It's like <laughs> yeah. you can fudge it in meetings. You call them, Did your last your last movie made a prophet? Yeah, my last movie a prophet. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say it made a prophet or it was a prophet? It's called Blockbuster. Uh, it was a prophet. <laughs> my last movie, a uh, Blockbuster. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know there were worse ideas yeah, did, you, did you see my last movie number one at the American box office <laughs> yeah, yeah. well when I made I made a movie uh, a few years ago called I Love You Too and I oh, know you know that I'm just, for those who don't no I appreciate um, that <laughs> so often on this podcast my guests look confused as I contextualise things they're like right. we know who David Koch is <laughs> so, yes. yes but there are people in 70 countries listening to this hopefully yeah. Finland is one of them hello Finland um, hopefully Rhea's sitting is it Rhea <laughs> yeah yes, yes yeah hopefully Rhea do you know what happened to Rhea it might be uh, we kind of we ha- I haven't really been in touch for the last couple of years but um, she got married I think she got a, yeah, she got a kid or a kid but it's been a couple of years so yeah, okay she got married divorced and then married again I think right um, but no, it's funny. I have no because I went back to Finland as well right. after because I went away to the UK after I got back from the uh, sauna. I went back. I went. I went to the UK <laughs> right. because my ticket because I wasn't sure how it was gonna how it was gonna go. I got weirdly, you know, and expensively Melbourne, Helsinki, London, Helsinki, Melbourne. Right. Yeah, it's like a a, a par five. <laughs> like you were going a par also, five dog leg. Also, <laughs> like you were going back for more punishment. Yeah. I know. <laughs> And I said to her, listen, I, I'm going to leave some stuff here, but I, I might just get you to send it back. Right. You know, like, I'll, I'll, I'll call you from the UK and, and then let you know. And I was in the UK for a few months and then I only spoke to her once when a, a ferry went down and I just rang to see if her mum, I knew her mum travelled on that ferry, so I just rang to see if her mum was, was okay. And when I rang, um, and that was probably about two months where I hadn't spoken, it was something had changed in her voice. You know, there was a, a softness, you know, kind of that kind of, I thought, okay, well, maybe I will go back. I'll go back and this, you know, this just so we, and we don't, you know. Right, and, like, and nicely. then nicely. Yeah, nicely. Yeah. Um, they were the last me- moment to be them sneaking away for their long weekends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. you sob alone. Yeah, it was, and then <laughs> end up in a sauna with her brother I, and his I, mates. I, I, time had passed. I didn't realise a year had passed and it was midsummer weekend again. <laughs> That's the movie version. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> the nice movie version is I end up naked with her in the sauna, yeah. whacking each other with birch leaves yeah. or something else, um, <laughs> such as my penis. <laughs> so, so I, <laughs> the movie will have no subtext. <laughs> no, no subtext. It's it's really just a penis. Um, I um, and I went back, and you know, she was kind of still seeing her boyfriend but it was at the, the end of it um, and I knew and her friends had said that she was really you know had been really you know kind of apologetic about and sad about the way it all she had treated me and, and uh, I went back and it was good she I, got I, I know we could have rekindled it but I, I made again like walking away from the high five bar uh, the last night of the festival I just went I walked away. Right. I kind of went, no, I can't yeah. get back. Because I was on the way home. And I thought, no, I'm not going to. No. I'm in Finland. You know, That's a terrible I, I'm idea. Like, I'm not going to base myself in Finland. No. Um, I hadn't started stand-up then, but you know, I imagine the stand-up scene wasn't necessarily awesome over there. In Finland, no. Um, Although you could have been there, Jamon. <laughs> yeah, I you know what I mean? Like yeah. you could have been the Aussie Finnish guy. Well, it's weird actually because I Dave Quirk's show, uh, Shaking Hands with Danger, which was it was a great show. I saw it in Melbourne, and uh, he. 
he talks about he, he uh, cheated on his um, on his girlfriend, and that's what the show's about. And yeah. it was with a girl in in Finland. And there's part of me watching it going, I wonder if it was real. Oh, <laughs> Bloody real. There was a part of me yeah, going, I'm breaking Australian comedians' hearts. <laughs> She's like the Yoko Ono comedy. <laughs> And uh, I think he, at one point he mentions a name, and I kind of like there was a little bit of relief. <laughs> I was yeah. like, um, but he, he he did a gig in in Finland, and he said it was like it was this awesome gig. So yeah, maybe maybe it could have worked out. But I um no, I did uh, I did come home, and it was um yeah, the relationship. And so we kind of had just kept in touch after that, for, you know, like just a, a text message or something over the years, you know. So yeah. That's interesting. Mm. Uh, it's interesting that you kept in touch because I do wonder about. Um, I recently heard about someone that I went to high school with, and um, you know that uh, it was someone that I had a bit of a crush on at high school. Right, I'm yeah. probably understating that. Right, by the way. Yes, and uh, I heard from someone else that they were single again. You know, right? Yeah, like they're 39 now, as I am. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, what this person would look like, what they would be like, what their life had been like, or what, what had podcasts they listen to, what podcasts they <laughs> listen to. But it, it was, you are just like there is something very like I mean I was like I'd just like to know what not in a weird way it is like I just I'd be interested to know how their life's going and you know what's been going on. It'd be nice if you can say to someone, I wonder maybe you could like maybe you could. Yeah, I just say to someone, hey, I really like to catch up just once. Yeah, like I don't. This, we don't need to become friends again or anything. This doesn't need to be a... But here's what I would love. And I guess that's what a reunion is. But yeah. I think the reunion's too big. Yeah. I'd just like to be able to have a one-on-one reunion yeah. for an hour. Yeah. Let's go and have lunch, yeah. have a catch-up, and then maybe we can have another catch-up in 20 years. You know what? It, it, it's, but it's, I just love a little check-in. It's a really fascinating idea because I've always kind of thought... And when you move on and you know, I'm married now you know, and, and uh, been married 10 years this year, it's, you know, it's kind of... It's really kind of hard to... Justify? Well, you can't. Right. Yeah, you can't. You really, can't. You, There's no way. No, you, you can't. that's why I haven't really been in touch. You know, right. no, no, quite, that's... quite a few years. I know my sister. This would be a podcast about how your marriage ended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it is that thing where you kind of go, well, this person was a significant part, you know, of, your part of my life. So why why you do we throw that, that away? Like, right. But I, and you can, can, I completely see the other side, and I understand, and that's why you know that's the path I end up going down. But you kind of go. Well, it's kind of a part of my history. Right. It would be great. Like, just the, you know, what, exactly what you said would be the perfect thing. Right. Just you know, like one hour catch ups. Like, it's a really controlled yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's, there's a military presence. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the guy with a stop witch and a gun. It, it's Batman Joker style, yeah. you know, uh, situation. It's an interrogation room. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it would be, it would must. But, you know, as we know, impossible. Yeah. It is Not impossible. They should, you know what they should do? They should do um, uh, high school reunions like speed dating. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like you should be forced to have like yeah. a, a few seconds with everybody. Yeah. And then at the end, you can fill in your card of who you'd like to have a further conversation with. That <laughs> <laughs> is great. That's, uh, that's, that's, uh, well, I, as you know, I'm doing a series, uh, this finished a series, which you uh, came and did a, a fantastic camera. Now, about. how much about this series are you allowed to talk about? I can about? talk about uh, as much as we want. It's, when, it, when is it on television? It'll be on television in Australia on ABC One in August. Uh, and it's called It's a Date? It's called It's a Date. And it's all about dating. Uh, and each episode is two different dates. And so over eight weeks, it'll be 16 dates. And, um, 
and each episode has a like a question. Should you have sex on the first date? How important is honesty in the first date? And these two dates will look at that question from the different points of view. So you were you were kind enough to come down uh, uh, and um, do one for an episode about humour, about how important is the sense of humour on a date. And uh, you're playing yourself. I am playing myself. How do you, and, 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 I'm playing myself at the very first place I did stand-up comedy. Well, and as it was, it was I started at the SB as well. So that was one of the... One, it was just, it's just such a great room. It's an uh, iconic comedy room. And I really wish that somebody gets that room going again at some stage. But I, um, I but thought... But it was very weird to walk into a venue, like go, Oh my God, I'm here for a fictional headlining gig yeah. <laughs> in the place where I started doing comedy. Because there were like, posters. Yeah, Will Anderson posters yeah. around as well. So we, that we had... We had made up, um, and uh, no, but you nailed it. You, you, you're great. You nailed the line. It's, it's Steve Curry and and uh, Asher Keddies, right? So, so I, I'm with essentially for people who are from overseas who might not know those names. Yeah, possibly the two best actors in Australia, young actors yeah. in Australia. Absolutely, Steve Asher Curry just won a Gold Logie as the most popular actress in Australia, and Stephen Curry is just a comedic S- genius. Stephen Curry is our best comedic actor by such a long stretch you know. if people have seen the movie The Castle and I like please I always rate this movie I say if you want to yeah. see just a perfect little Australian movie yeah. The Castle is just such a good film but he's you know, fantastic in that yeah, as well yeah he's, uh, he's absolutely brilliant so um, yeah so Steve plays a, a, a they go on a date and Steve springs a surprise that um, he's actually been doing stuff comedy and the date is going to be um, him taking her to see him do stand-up comedy for the first time. Oh, well, he, you know, he's been doing it for... He's got a line where he says, yeah, I'm a stand-up comedian. I've been uh, yeah, 16 gigs. Was it nine nine months, 16 gigs? <laughs> you know, you count every... Is that stage still where he's counting every gig? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, but it's been, like, we cast 140 roles in eight weeks. Wow. Um, and it's... I'm really... Because it not only uh, is it people like Asher Keddy and Steve Curry, but John Wood, Lisa McCune, these are more Logie, Gold Logie winners, Kate Ritchie, Shane Jacobson. And then you've got great, you know, like Luke McGregor is on a day. Yeah, great. Uh, Ronnie Chang, uh, Kate McLennan, uh, Nazim Hussain, Lawrence Mooney. Um, and then you've got little bit parts. And Edmonds is in that episode as well. Um, Alimo, Harley Breen. So we kind of, it's it's... I was looking at the so basically, you gave everyone jobs. I gave, I gave, I gave you gave everybody an IMDb credit. It is ABC. It is ABC. So kind of, they were doing me the favour, I think, uh, by coming in and, and doing it. But it was, it was a really great because we we I wrote each episode with a different co-writer as well. So right. people like Ryan Shelton, who's also in one, and um, well, Justin Phil Hamilton. Lloyd, Justin Hamilton. He wrote that wrote episode, episode that, that, which was great. And I, I kind of handpicked everyone because I, Hamo's got such a great insight into into you know the world of comedy is really yeah. is really fast i mean as a, as am i but I, I wanted somebody also who had the same kind of insight or, you know in different angles and, and that mode does have you know like a different way of looking at the industries you know in, in some areas than i do um oh, definitely because I, I think justin's still right inside the industry in some ways as well absolutely yes which, you know in in that sort of club scene and like yeah. you know knowing how it does work and yeah you know like because the big fear is always when a comedian writes about the clubs, when they haven't been in the clubs for years. That, Absolutely. You know, it's not really what the clubs are like anymore. Absolutely right. So, um, 
uh, Hamo was was great, and and we would get the actors in. So we would have a day chatting about the idea with the with the, the writer, the co-writer, and uh, then the actors would come in the next day. We would chat about the idea like for three hours. They would like talk about their own dating experiences, anything they might like their characters to do. Like John Wood said, I like my character to be named Rex. Um, <laughs> And then Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Shelton co-wrote that episode with me, and we're kind of like, okay, that's um, yeah, okay. It's an interesting request, isn't it? Uh, we're kind of a bit kind of okay. Well, that's kind of not what. You know, did, no. did, did, did he tell you why? Like, he, no, does, well, he it, doesn't it, call his penis the T Rex. <laughs> no, because, well, this is this is the thing because he said um, he said Rex, and he went on. He goes, Rex King would be good because Rex is Latin for king. Right. So it'd be King 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 Square. So we kind of yeah, King Square. So we kind of. <laughs> Uh, good. Okay, well, we'll jot that down, yeah. and then you know, um, yeah, but I'm not not sure if we'll, yeah, we'll call him Rex, but we're not sure if it's going to become a King. thing. Yeah, sure. And we wrote this. He plays a, a principal, and we wrote this scene where he's talking to um, a, a student who's in trouble, and it was about him being fascinated with you know Google and, and computers. And we got to the yeah, we wrote it, and we got to write the script, and we kind of got to the stage where we thought, you know, it it looks like this dialogue has been written by two comedians who have written it for like an, an, old, an older actor like yeah. it didn't feel real right so we thought let's go back and actually kind of let's play this you know King King thing yeah. and we kind of put that into the, and it, it just became a much more believable and funnier scene right and that, that was like the, that was the part of the episode that was a big lesson we learned this kind of this like every little detail even if it seems superfluous can make it and so that becomes like a running joke you know, throughout the episode. And right. it's great. It's really great. And, you know, we really worked hard to make... You know them- what? You should call one of your characters Richard Long. <laughs> Richard Long. It's a very funny name. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly if he's in the sex crimes. <laughs> Did you do... In series two of It's a Date... They can have the ones that are investigated by the sex crimes. I, I, I'm going to, and we are kind of, you know, trying to, you know, talk about getting a second, you know, obviously doing a second series, but I would love to do somebody on a date who works in sex crimes because that would be kind of confronting. Right. You know, when you talk about what you do for a living. Well, you know, know interestingly enough, there was a detective... Even though they're on the right side of sex crimes. Yeah. It's still sex crimes. It's it's still sex crimes. I'm not sure if I want to be around that. No. Well, I had a guy in the front row of my show the other night, I think the last Saturday night or maybe even the last Sunday of the show in Melbourne, and he was a detective. And he was great, like really loving the show. And like I have a bit of stuff about my car being stolen and it blames the cops and blah, blah, blah. He loved it all. It made every bit of it better. Yeah. And then at the end, like his girlfriend said, he never told you what department he works in. And I said, okay, what department is he working in? He's like, sex crimes. And I was like... So glad you didn't tell me oh, that at the start. That is... Because it's been, it was so much fun. Yeah. But it would have been, I just would have like frozen. That's like, a really good audience member. That is somebody who knew what to tell you and what not to tell you. That's a detective. Right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. He knew which information was important. It is funny when you're talking to audience members and you kind of go, should I ask? Do I have the right amount of information if I keep pressing? Right. Does it get it's better or worse? Yeah, exactly. Because it you sometimes know, you... if they're not giving you much, you're like, well, if I go one step further, I might get what I need. Yeah, and sometimes you don't know what you want. I am. Um, <laughs> you can get yourself in trouble. I had uh, some late people come in the other night, and if late people come in, I tend to deal with them because the audience are distracted anyway, so yeah. I might as well deal with it. Yeah. And I said, uh, "What do you do with yourself?" And she goes, oh, "I'm an ambulance dispatcher." And I said, well, I suppose that's why you're here later than you should have been. And then in that moment, you're like, 
Now, that is something that ambulances are famous for. They're right. famous for being late to things. Right. Particularly in Victoria at the moment, there was big yeah. things, but yeah. with tragic consequences. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like one of those things where like, my reference is fine, but at the same time, I've suddenly made everybody think about the fact that ambulances don't get places on time and people die. People die. <laughs> Yeah, wasn't, wasn't quite as hilarious as I was hoping when it came out of my mouth. Anyway, Peter, we could talk forever, but we can't talk forever because, you know, you've got things to do with your day. Um, <laughs> I'm going to oblivion to see. Exactly. Now, um, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, PJ Hellier at Twitter is the best place. I do have a Facebook page, but I don't. Twitter's the best place. Twitter's the best me. place. Yeah. And do you have like uh, gigs and shows and stuff coming up that people... I'm can... coming to Perth at a comedy festival over there doing one oh, night at the Astor, which is a beautiful, beautiful great theatre, theater, yep. fun theatre to do. Uh, I'm also coming to Brisbane, I think, for the Fringe uh, up oh, there, doing a one night at the Spiegel Tent. Um, and I've got some rural dates, but just yeah, check me on Twitter and uh, all that will happen. And it's a date, yeah, we'll be out in August, but I'll be tweeting my little heart out and um, around that time, so... Um, yeah and fantastic and you can tune in to It's a Date to see my one line it's really line. really nail it though yeah, you, 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 how did you feel <laughs> playing yourself it was, a, was playing yourself as easy as people might think it was oh, or, it, or is I mean in that context I mean I don't think I could play anyone but myself right I mean I don't think I in general right like yeah. I don't because that's why I don't act is like I don't think I have the capacity to play anyone other than myself I'm not sure I was that convincing playing myself but I think that that's as I yeah. could possibly play Adam Hills <laughs> with some CGI <laughs> alright uh, you can uh, listen to this uh, if you listen to this podcast on iTunes please rate it that's all that, that we ask you to do is uh, rate the show on iTunes because it keeps up the cho- top of the charts um, Facebook page is still the best place to find all this stuff uh, to do with uh, you know the Tofop shows and everything that's going on around that I've got some news coming up because I'm going back to the States soon oh Alaska if you know anyone who's in Alaska or nearby to Alaska I'm going to put those dates up on my uh, website as well so you can come out and see the shows that'd be really cool uh, my Soho Theatre gigs in London uh, end of May early June so if you want to come and see me do um, my new show Goodwill in London I'm on at the Soho Theatre for two weeks and that's all the plugs for today thank you Peter thank you very much